You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of season four of Heart and Soul. Today, I am joined by Carrie Gillespie, who is a TV host and pop culture commentator. And if you've been listening for a while, then you know I'm obsessed with pop culture. So this is a conversation that I am pumped to have. And I think it's going to be really fun. Thanks for joining me, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. Yeah. When um, we kind of started communicating via email and then I started stalking you, I was like, wow, you have like one of my dream jobs. Because, <laughs> like growing up, I always wanted to be, um, well, I guess I'm kind of like channeling that with podcast hosting, but I always wanted to be a like Ellen DeGeneres or like Oprah, like have my own TV show where I just like talk to people. Um, and so I was like, TV host, what? And then it was like pop culture. And I was like, that's everything I love. (laughs) I love that. I know. I feel like a lot of people I talked to were like, oh, I was obsessed with Oprah or Ellen. You know, when, when I was growing up, Oprah had her, her show, her sit down, the Oprah Winfrey show. And I would come home from school. It was on at like three or four. And there are so many people in, in like the millennial generation, I think that were so entranced by Oprah and were like, that is so powerful what she gets to do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I went to school, I mean, for any of you listening, this is a, I guess, um, teachable moment for you, but I went to school for broadcasting and I got really, um, I, there was like a freshman seminar where this guy come and basically tried to scare you out of broadcasting. Like, you know, like just, just to like, kind of like dwindle down who was in that major. Like if you're, you know, you want to stick here, you stay. And he freaked me out enough to where I dropped it. And I just <laughs> journalism and I like, that's like one of my biggest regrets. Not that I like do anything with journalism. So like sometimes you can do anything with your degree if you just kind of like chase your dreams. But I'm like, dang, I, I gave it for myself before I even started, you know, like that's a bummer. Okay. Well, it's the beautiful thing about how the industry is changing is that you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to even like, quote unquote, be a journalist. Like I do have a journalism degree and I went to school for broadcast, but like that really doesn't matter anymore. Like you have to more so than being a journalist. Like if you want to be on camera, like you need to have a point of view and you need to be able to tell a story and you're doing that with your podcast. So you say that you don't do anything with journalism or, you know, maybe it seems far off for you, but literally everyone you know, can, can do it. You really just like need to commit to it, find your story and, and find a way to be able to tell other people's stories. And you're literally doing that right now. You like are a journalist right now. You're basically Oprah already. I am just call me Oprah. I'm changing the name. <laughs> of the podcast. I'm changing the podcast name to heart and soul with Oprah. Um, okay. Well tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. So I was born and raised in a really small town in rural central Wisconsin and I kind of grew up in this little bubble and it was beautiful and, and I loved certain things about it. But as soon as I got out of high school, I was like, I want the complete opposite of this. So I went to college in the biggest city in Wisconsin, which was Milwaukee, which is a, a big metro city. And I really enjoyed the change from it. You know, my hometown was 800 people and Milwaukee is like a million. So it was different. And that's what I wanted. And even from a young age, I was always really... I don't know, transfixed or fascinated by the movie industry and the TV industry and, and everything that went along with it and, and radio and, and all that stuff. Like I remember watching like the parent trap as a young child and be, I was playing Lindsay Lohan and I was like, you know, going through the scene where they're playing poker and I was like doing it back and, and things like that. And, and so I was always like a performer and even more so on that note is that I was a really big athlete in, in high school. And um, sports were my life. I was a girl jock. So I was performing on the court or, or on the track or whatever it was. So like performing was always something that I love to do. And hosting, even though I'm not acting, like it is a version of performing and being on your game and, and yeah, like having lights, camera, action. It was the same thing when I was on the basketball court. Like it was like lights, camera, action. Like here we are, it's time to perform. And I loved that feeling. Um, so when I went to college, I, I liked broadcast. I started in radio 
just at like the local radio station, which was so small. And it was so small that they put me on air right away. I know everyone wants to, yeah, everyone wants to get these big jobs where they're like working at something big right away. And it's like, the fact of the matter is that's great. You're going to be able to put it on your resume and tell people like I worked at time magazine or whatever it was, but like, you're going to be getting coffee and like looking up stats. Like they, this radio station was so small. They put me on right away and I was like scared to death and I was so horrible, but I was doing it and they didn't care. So it was great experience and it got my feet wet and got me into just going with the flow and doing it. And I got my degree in Um, journalism, broadcast journalism with uh, public relations. I studied some public relations and then I got a, yeah. And then I got a political science minor, which was just fun. I just liked political science, but I didn't, I didn't see myself going into it, but I just did it anyways. And started off my career as uh, like a sports journalist, like a sideline reporter. That's awesome, dude. I I feel like we've, I've kind of met my match because a lot of the things you were saying really described me as a child. Like I was obsessed with um, like just I guess, well, I've been obsessed with pop culture my whole life, but like movies, TV shows, like I would envision myself in them and I would like did theater and musical theater and sports. And like, when I was on the court, like I was not shy, you know, I was just like, everybody look at me and not like, <laughs> a, like look at me kind of way, but just that I love performing. Yes. Um, so I can totally relate to that. And I think it's really cool that I I agree with what you said about, um, having that like thing on your resume. It's not necessarily important. What's important is the experience that you get. And like, you were just thrown into the trenches pretty much right away. And like, then you have that backbone of like, I know how to talk on air. I know how to communicate with, um, the general public and then you go to a job and you're like, okay, I know what to do. I have that. Yeah. 100%. And I remember like telling the guy, the news director who put me on air, like, I remember being like, this is bad. Like, I am not good. Like I was eight, 17 or 18. I remember being like, you don't want me to do this. Like, this is bad. Like I had never been on air before. And he was like, literally, I don't care. I just need it done. Like, and so he didn't care. He was like, I I really don't care how bad it is. First of all, you're probably not as bad as you think you are. And second of all, like we literally just need it done. So you're going to do it and it's, it's going to be done. And it was like, scary but also really freeing and again like they just kind of threw me in and we're like all right this is how you cut your teeth this is how you get your feet wet go do it yeah you're not as bad as you think you are is um really good advice because we are our worst critics and we like just assume that we are the worst I'll even and I'm sure you can relate to this because you have a podcast as well but I'll um record a podcast and especially if I'm solo because I feel so awkward by myself and but I'll record a podcast and be like, I don't even know what I just said. That was awful. And then like, sometimes I'll like go back and re-listen while I'm editing. And I'm like, it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, I mean, it wasn't great, but it's not that bad. Like we're not as bad as we think we are, you know? Yeah. 100%. And then I'll get people who will be like, oh my God, same with the solo stuff. Cause you're really just talking to like dead air. Yeah. Um, and the solo stuff and, or I'll get someone who will message me and be like, oh my God, what you, this part was so, so funny. And I was like, oh, thank God. Cause in the moment I was sitting here being like, dude, I sound so corny or dumb right now. And that's the stuff that people resonate with because it is just you being yourself. And there is someone listening on the other end, even though it's not currently happening, you just have to imagine like how they would be responding back to you and kind of keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just like keep talking to yourself. That's the, I guess, beauty of wanting to be a performer is you can talk to yourself for a while. Um, okay. I really want to like pick your brain about pop culture because I am highly invested. Um, so what are some of your guilty pleasures in pop culture or like maybe even reality television or just like TV shows in general? So I would say my guiltiest, guiltiest pleasure is probably like the Real Housewives franchise. And yeah, and I have not seen all of them um, like way back in the day in like high school, my sister and I used to watch OC, like when Tamra and Vicky, like the OGs were on OC and now OC is like kind of gone downhill. But like within the last couple of years, I have discovered Potomac, Beverly Hills, Salt Lake City, of course, like, and it like, I know it's trash and I love it and I don't care. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing about like how I feel about pop culture is I also watch 
like indie movies and 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 like more drama filled TV shows and whatnot. But those like require a little bit more of my attention and stimulation. And I'm really getting into the acting and what they're doing. And like Real Housewives, like none of that is required. And it is so wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I just got into Real Housewives probably a year ago, which I was like, man, I'm late to this game because this is dope. Yeah. Um, but I only watch, I watch Beverly Hills and Salt Lake City. And just before we move on, like, are you caught up on Salt Lake City? So I have missed the last couple of episodes, but I need to catch up. And I'm just, I've never, I, I'm just going to say, like, I had a bad feeling about Jen from the get-go. Like the first season, my sister watches as well. And she right away was like, oh my gosh, Jen is such a vibe. I love Jen. And I'm like, Holly, her name's Holly. I'm like, Holly, no, there is, she is like overcompensating for something with the Shaw Chalet and like how all her like 12 assistants or whatever it was. I'm like, she is overcompensating for something. I don't know what it is. Maybe we'll never find out, but I'm like, she's not passing the sniff test. Like something is off about her. And then when we kind of got word that all the sketchy stuff that was going on, I texted my sister right away. And I'm like, I don't want to say I'm right, but like, I was so right. Like she's sketchy is all get out. Yeah, she is. And like the weird thing about it is, and sorry, listeners, if you don't watch this, but I just need to express this. The weird thing is she really never said what she did, like what her job was. But then she, like Whitney insinuated, like she always overdid it with her finances. And you're like, what do you even do? And then like her husband's a coach and you're like, there's no way you're making this much money to be able to throw an $80,000 birthday party. But for someone you don't even like, like, like. yeah. And her husband's not even like a head coach. He's an assistant coach in college. And so that too. Yeah. That was the other thing too. Everyone was really set on what they do. You know, we, we knew what all the women did, like what Lisa and, and like, we knew what each one of them did with her. You're right. It was always so vague. And I think coach was a lawyer before he was a coach, but even so I'm just like, he would have to be, you know, Tom Girardi, which we all know was, was false now, but like, he would have to be on that level to have as much money being a lawyer to now be a coach to like support the lifestyle they were living. I was like, something is not adding up here. Yeah. She was like kind of the Chandler of friends where everyone like, no one knows what he does. Yes. You're like, what's your job? Like all, yeah. all 10 seasons. You're like, I have no idea what Chandler actually does. <laughs> so true. Okay. So what is, um, some tea and pop culture that you are invested in right now. So I'm really invested and have been invested in like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. And here's why, because I worked in PR and I have a background in PR, like their relationship is like a PR dream. And I I don't want to like, I feel bad talking about like monetizing or their, their relationship or their relationship being on brand, but their relationship is so on brand. Like they could teach a master course and like branding your relationship, your love, like by like branding your love by Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. Like I would take that course in a heart because everything they do is so them, you know, like the, the blood vial, the, like the outfits on the red carpet, the weird stuff that they do. It's all like, they do it and your mind is kind of blown, but then you're also like, Oh my God, it's so them. And you love it. And you're like, I'm so obsessed with how they have like weaved their relationship into being marketable because they are so much more marketable together than they are separate. Yeah. I wonder what Megan Fox's ex is thinking, like looking at her in this new, like she was like married with children um, I wonder what he's thinking, being like, man, now you're drinking some other guy's blood. Like we're, we're really just changing it up, aren't we? And I also was listening to a podcast recently, um, like some pop culture podcasts, one of the 10 that I listened to probably. And they were saying like, how funny would it be if Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, like just went home and were actually totally normal. Like they just like turned on Netflix and put on like matching sweat, sweatpants and like, ordered pizza and we're just like, man, we really tore it up today out there. Like, you know, just like we totally showed them (laughs) and then they're like, like normal when they get home. So true. And it is such like a, uh, I appreciate it so much from a branding and like PR perspective, even if they, even if what they're doing is totally 
like not that at all, but they are so like authentically them and the pop culture world can't get enough of it. E-news can't get enough of it. Entertainment tonight. I mean, they are all over with what they're wearing on the carpet, just things they're doing and commenting back and forth on people's social media. Like it is so uniquely them and people can't get enough of it. And that's a lesson to anyone out there who's like wanting to brand themselves and is like afraid that they're quote unquote, like weird, like just be you and let your freak flag fly because like your your core group of people will find it and they will be obsessed yeah yeah you will be marketing to your people and you know what's funny is I don't even know one like of Machine Gun Kelly's songs I know one the Bloody Valentine one and that's because he like talks like he's talked about her and her relationship like to that song but other than that totally like correct but he's like so relevant I'm like I don't even know who you are but I know who you are even Megan like tell me the last movie she's done like I mean, Transformers. I mean, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> like Shia LaBeouf. I don't know. Seriously. Uh, so what do you think about Travis and Courtney? They're another one too, that I really think like they're on a different level than MGK and Megan Fox, but I have enjoyed watching them get together and I've enjoyed it from Courtney's side because I don't watch, I haven't watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians in the last like five years or so, but like the OG Keeping Up, I watched religiously and she went through so much garbage with Scott and he, she just gave him chance after chance after chance. And I really like Scott as a person and I empathize with everything he's gone through in his life, losing his parents. And, and, and I empathize with him so much, but she literally 10 years of chances to like figure it out to get sober, to, to be the person that she like needed him to be in order to be like, I can be with you. Like, I love you, but you need, I can't be with this version of you. And he could never figure it out. And, and so I, I feel for the fact that he's probably sitting there watching her be so happy and being like, Oh, like that could have been me, but like, she deserves it. Like she deserves to be happy and I'm happy for her. It's, it's just crazy to watch it all unfold. She really does look so happy. And I love the friends to lovers like trope. I love that in books too. I'm a big book nerd. And like, I love the friends to lovers trope. Like, so from that aspect, like I just love it for them. Yeah. Like I had no, I had no idea that they were neighbors for that long. I, I've just been kind of learning about that. And I agree with you. I love Scott Disick, but he just like really could not get his shit together. And, and as much as I wanted them to end up together, I I do truly feel that now that she's with Travis, like she is her true self. Like I I, kind of just hiding for a while. And so now I'm, I love Courtney. I, but I feel like we never really knew her because she was kind of always hiding behind that, all of her Scott drama, but now it's kind of like she can be herself. And I love that. Okay. Last Kardashian question. What do you think of Kim and Pete? Okay. I think that this is, Jenner communications like 101 like publicity stunt publicity stunt and I you know I have a love-hate relationship with the Kardashians on one hand they don't do like the Barbara Walt I go back to the Barbara Walters interview when she's like you don't have any skills and like she's just talking to them and they're all just like you know I go back to that like she's kind of true but at the same point in time they took no skills and turned it into like billion dollar businesses which is a skill so (laughs) on one hand like I respect the heck out of what they've been able to do. And this is par for the course. Like, I think Kim is having fun. I think she's been through a really hellish last year. I remember the pictures that were leaked of her in Wyoming crying in the car with Kanye. And he's been through a lot of mental health stuff and, and he's kind of taken her through the ringer. And I think that she's having fun. And I think that she does like Pete. I think he's like a boyish type of fun that is just like fly by the seat of his pants that she's really drawn to after being in such a serious relationship. And I think it's well within her rights to do it. I don't think they're like end game for sure not, but I do think they're having fun. Like, I don't think it's completely PR, but I do think that the fact that they're seen out in really public places, like getting pizza and going to the movies, like that is the PR part of it. I agree. I, I could not agree more. I think she's just, it's just a playing. She's having fun. She's laughing again. Life's not as serious as it was when it was with Kanye. And and Kanye, I, I could go on and on about him forever, but um, I think that Jenner Communications is totally 
using this and running with it and like going the distance. And if you think about it is really overshadowing a lot of the other drama that they are experiencing, like even the Kylie Travis Scott drama, which is so sad. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of distracting the public from like the bad things and just like getting people invested in something totally random. And the Tristan, like Tristan having another baby, like, like, I actually was listening to some other pop culture podcast and someone had this really hot take that I didn't think about it until they said it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if that was true? So his thing was like, what if they, they all have like these meetings and like someone's shit goes up in fire and like, so Kim's having a hard time. So Kylie's like, um, I'm going to launch this lip kit or whatever to like distract. And then, uh, you know, Tristan does something and Kim's like, well, I'm going to go do this to distract. And it's all like this circle where they feed into one another kind of and distract when they need a distraction. And he said it. And I was like, oh my God, he might be right. (laughs) I, I would not be shocked at all if that's how it went down because they are, I mean, you're, you said it, they created like the biggest things out of nothing and now they're brilliant at it. Like they, they truly are so brilliant in their lanes and they really made so much out of nothing. And so I really think that they could, or probably do sit in like a boardroom and they're all just like spider webbing it out, like what connect or distract from. So yeah, I'm totally, totally agree with you on that one. Um, who is your celebrity crush? Oh my gosh. Goodness. This is hard. I mean, right now, let's go with right now. Well, always like Brad Pitt, of course, is like, just uh, like amazing. And I feel like he just gets better with age and he's gone through a metamorphosis in his career. And I remember him from fight club. And to, then I remember seeing him in once upon a time in Hollywood. And I was like, how is this man 50? Like, it's just crazy. And I respect the heck out of him from a career standpoint. So I love, I love him. Um, who else? I mean, I love funny guys, like funny, like Chris Pratt, like he's got like this boy next door type of feel to him, you know, on screen. And then when I've seen him host things, like he's got this charm that I really love. Mm -hmm. And I think he just really has this like air to him that makes him likable to people. So I really love usually anything he's doing. And then with marrying um Catherine Schwarzenegger that like took his like lovableness to a whole new level because she's so wholesome and he's so wholesome and they're like this wholesome wonderful couple and I also really love John Krasinski again he's like the guy next door sweet quirky and him and Emily Blunt are like just the cutest couple and I adore them together I'm obsessed with them who's your favorite celebrity couple out there oh my gosh probably John Krasinski and Emily Blunt like I if I could pick a double date, it would be them. I also really like um, Mark Consuelos and Kelly Ripa. Oh, yes. I love Kelly Ripa. Speaking yeah. of like a broadcast genius, I just love her style. Yeah. And I, yeah, I do love John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. I'm like obsessed with Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Like, their relationship to me just seems the way that they tweet at each other, like the sarcasm, sarcasm that they use their kids, like everything they're also, they're just like, so beautiful. I can't even, Um, and I like Taylor Swift is like my number one person ever of all time. I'm such a Swifty. And so when her and like Blake Lively became besties, I was like, this is it. This is it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is, what is something that you, how do I wear this? What's something that you're binging right now? And this is one of my questions that I usually ask at the end. I ask every guest this no matter what, but I want to relate it specifically to like some sort of streaming. Like what is something that you're binging right now? It can be like a TV show or a podcast, maybe like something that streams that people can go watch or listen to. So I have been really into HBO max content lately. Okay. So I am late to the succession game, but I have finished succession season one. I'm on season two and that is a really good show. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. If you didn't read the profile on Jeremy Strong, who is the actor that plays Kendall Roy in that show, absolutely mind blowing and just a really good show. Fabulous acting, like really incredible acting. So I'm binging that that is on HBO max. And then I'm also started just the other day hacks with gene smart 
on HBO Max and it is so good. Jean Smart is like a treat and a half. She is just like blossoming into this new version of herself as like, I think she's in her seventies now or something, but she kills it in that show. And it's so funny. She plays this washed up comedian who (laughs) is like losing her, her dates, like her comedy dates. And so she like, against her better judgment, hires this young, like probably our age, you know, writer who was recently canceled, but she hires her to like help her rejuvenate her content. And they hate each other at first. Like they go at it. There's like generational like struggles, like the girl, you know, the young girl that she hires is bisexual and, and she's like trying to understand like what it's, and she's talking about like her diva cup. So she's not wearing tampon. She's wearing a diva cup. And Jane Smart's character is like, what is that? Like, and she's trying to explain to her like all these things. And it's, so funny so they hate each other at first but then they end up like slowly starting to like each other and it's just so it's funny but it's also like tackles some deeper topics they go into like how how um Jean Smart's character got to be where she is today kind of some of the messed up things that happened in her career that made her how she is and it's just really good I really recommend it and the episodes are really like digestible I think they're only 30 minutes so it's a quick one yeah um that sounds really relevant I really yeah I really like when uh, shows kind of break the fourth wall, just bring in everything that's happening in culture in the moment. Um, and that's like just so relevant right now. Just just the generational um, differences in general. Like we see it all the time, especially on social media. So yeah. What's your favorite social media platform? I love Instagram, but I'm really like the last couple of weeks, TikTok is like so entrancing. You guys, I... I don't know, but you can, the algorithm, how they set up the algorithm, how they have your following tab, but then they also have like your for you tab. I love the setup of that and how you just kind of can keep going. They really make it hard to get off and the content is so great. So you can find recipes, which I'm not a cooker, so I'm not looking at recipes, but you can find pop culture. You can find um, literally anything you could plant people there's some girl I found on there that teaches people how to paint on TikTok like anything you want to learn is on TikTok and it it is so digestible and bingeable and I'm I've recently become obsessed I love TikTok I suck at making TikTok videos like I feel like I kind of am past the generation of like getting it where like I can like actually be funny and entertaining on it but when I pull TikTok up like I have to really commit because I know I'm going to be scrolling and like laughing for at least like 30 minutes to an hour exactly there's no just like hopping on real quick on TikTok it is so funny and it's also I I want to say wholesome but it's more just like it's less curated and more authentic to like who people actually are. So like you might follow an influencer on Instagram and it seems very polished. And I even am guilty of this. Like I try to make my Instagram look more polished, but then you follow that same influencer on TikTok, And it's just like who they actually are like total authentic, like authentic realness, you know? Yeah. Um, sorry for that little notification that popped up on my, That's um, okay. but yeah, I love TikTok too. Um, okay. So what is something that you are currently working on that you're excited about? A lot of things. Um, but I'm really working the beginning of the year always gets me looking inward. And so I'm working on like myself a lot right now, like the inner work. And so in terms of projects, I mean, I have a lot of projects that, Uh, are kind of behind the scenes and coming to fruition, which is great. But I also know that like, if I'm not growing as a person, as I'm working on those projects, that there's going to be some kind of disconnect in making them come about. Yeah. Um, So I'm really doing a lot of inner work. I love the To To Be Magnetic podcast by Lacey Phillips. I really like her work. She talks about taking like uh, a science-based approach to manifestation. And I just read Dr. Joe Dispenza's book. His is very science-based too, but his is like the science of, of, of like changing your biology of like what you think is possible in your head. So it, it can be very sciencey, but I just dove into his book. I'm really digging into myself and I always, maybe it's just cause I live in a cold place, but the winter always makes me want to look inward so that like when this, I don't know what it is about the spring, when the spring comes about, I picture that as like my blossoming time. 
but in the winter it's a lot of like not hibernation kind of but <laughs> like hunkering down and doing the inner work so that when spring comes out um like all my things can fly and and I can come to fruition so that's really what I'm working on the most is like just myself <laughs> yeah that's actually really encouraging to hear because I have really been struggling with uh, like I'm a doer and I find a lot of my worth in um honestly my schedule I find a lot of worth in like how much I'm doing right now with business how much I'm doing with relationships like how many you know friends I'm hanging out with at a time like I have subconsciously based my worth in that a lot. And I've been really struggling the first two weeks of January because, um, I had a baby last year and I kind of lost my identity in a sense. Like my identity kind of just became like motherhood was like my lane. And then I kind of lost focus on my business and I lost focus on things that I love to do outside of my child. Mm -hmm. And so I have been very introspective in like almost a sad way, but I think like sad is kind of necessary the first couple of weeks of January. Cause I'm just like, what, like, what do I love? What do I, what do I love to do? You know? And how can I like, how can I pursue my dreams while not also finding my worth in what I get done. Uh, and like this weird balance where I'm, I'm being very introspective and I kind of hate it, but I know I need it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's painful. Like I've journaled like the last couple of weeks more in my life than I ever have. And like some of the stuff I write down, I'm just like, it, I mean, it's some of it's painful to like, to say like, oh, I really am feeling that way or, or whatever it is, but it's, it, it's worth it. And it's like necessary in order to move forward. I give you so much credit. It's, it's tough. I know I've, I have some friends like who are going through that same transition and it can be really tough. Yeah. It's just like totally different because I didn't have kids till I was in my thirties and I had such independence <laughs> like prior to that. And so to like have someone one completely dependent on you and two have like your like day-to-day -day routine that you like kind of thrived in for 10 plus years, kind of stripped from you. You're just like, wait, like, can I be like, okay with not having this in line, you know? So it's definitely a lot of introspection, but I'm starting to, starting to realize that I need it. And it's like, I'm grateful for it, but it's just digging up the dirt is always hard. <laughs> so I'm ready to bring <laughs> to blossom. Um, do you ever struggle with I know a lot of our listeners struggle with this, especially with, um, especially with just social media in general, but like imposter syndrome in your industry where you feel like maybe there's like this comparison or like this, uh, maybe you're feeling like I don't deserve this or, you know, like I don't deserve to have this platform or I don't deserve this because like, who am I kind of thing? Do you ever struggle with that? Literally every day, yeah. <laughs> literally every day. And definitely this industry breeds more of that because there is quote unquote competition mm -hmm. and um, you have to set yourself apart somehow. And how I've really dealt with that, you know, I, I do a lot of little things to help myself with it, but the biggest thing that has helped me is focusing on community over the competition of it all, which is really what I've tried to do with my podcast and why I've really niched down into having, you know, other women in media on my show because um, I do believe that there is an importance in community. And also like at my core, even if I'm jealous of someone getting an opportunity, which like I have been like every day I see someone getting an opportunity that, that I want, or I'm like, oh, I, I could do that or, or whatever it is. Like at the end of the day, like I really do want to see more women in media. Like I want to see more women writing books. I want to see more women hosting. I want to see more women in acting roles, you know, lead roles. I really do want to see that. So at the end of the day, if they're getting those opportunities, that is good for me as a woman and women as a whole in this industry. So I really have to focus and like, you know, get my right, get right back on the path. Even if I do have a thought that's like, oh my God, I wish I had that. That's great. I can still like aspire to that. That is still my goal. But the fact that she has it right now is great because it's only going to help me and whoever else is to come in the future have more of a space in the platform. And we really are seeing that there's more women in media now 
there's more women of color, there are more women who are, uh, you know, look different, different sizes. I really want to see different sized women on The Bachelor for one. If we could get a woman who is not a size four and under on The Bachelor, that would be great. Like, you know, these types of things are important in my view of how I would like to see the world evolve. So when the jealousy and the comparison comes up, I, I, I sometimes sit in it and I feel it because I believe in feeling feelings because if you don't feel them, they fester. So feel them, but then get back on track and get back into what you really wish to see for the world and recognize that that is happening and it will happen for you. You just have to keep the path. Yeah. I am so like, I had chills when you said that because my next bullet point and like my notes for what I was going to talk to you about was community over competition. That's like literally the words that I wrote down. So I, I totally agree. I find myself getting jealous. I find myself comparing. I find myself saying like, how come she got this and I can't. And then, and I sit in it and I let it, I let myself feel it because your feelings are valid. But then at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. Like if another woman is receiving this kind of platform, then that only gives you more opportunity. And like, if we champion each other, then we will really experience like more joy on our end when we receive it, because we'll also have people champion champ. That's a hard word to say. Championing <laughs> us <laughs> like what? That's so difficult. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree. Like community over competition, sit in it. You're not alone. If you feel jealous or if you feel like you are struggling with imposter syndrome, like literally every woman who you admire out there struggles with that as well. But, um, like we're all for, we should all be for each other and totally agree about the bachelor. I am. I love the bachelor. I I'm bachelor nation. I watch it even when it's awful. I still watch it and I keep up with it. But like, that is my biggest annoyance is that literally every woman is the exact same size. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And I know they're putting a big emphasis on getting, um, diversity, you know, women of color, which is great. So great. So needed. But the next step of diversity that they need to embrace is women of different sizes, like, which is part of the reason why I was like a little annoyed that was her name, Claire, the girl who like hated, um, Clayton on the first night and was talking mad shit about him and went home. Like she was one of like the quote unquote, like larger girls there. And she was probably like a size, what, eight or something like that, which is not large at all, but she was like size inclusive. She looked normal in terms of her size. So when she went home, I was like, oh my God, this is the only girl that isn't a stick in the group and she's leaving. Yes. We need Claire back. Also her, she was hilarious when she was like, I hate him. Yes. (laughs) like, I just don't like him. And I have been there like where you just meet someone and it's not that you actually hate them, but you're just like, it's just not my vibe at all. It's going to be a no for me, dog. Like it's just, and she just like, she also, you could tell had a little too much alcohol in her. So she was very free in what she was saying, but I kind of appreciated it because everyone just pretends, even if they don't, that they love the lead and they might not actually love them. They just want to be on screen more. And she was just like, I'm not really into it. Not my vibe. Yeah loved Claire. Um, okay. Um, one thing actually I'm going to ask you my four questions. I ask every guest cause I feel like we could talk about those for forever. And the first one I kind of already asked you, but, um, I'm going to like reword it a little bit so that it's a different answer, <laughs> but it's usually what are you binging right now? What's something that, um, you're binging which you answered with secession and, um, hacks hacks. Is that what it's called? Um, so what is something that you're just obsessed with right now? And it doesn't have to be a TV show. Like it can be like a food product or um, a face wipe or, you know, I don't know, like a lotion, <laughs> something. I don't know. Yeah. So this is a weird answer. It's not any of those things. I am obsessed with, I just started volunteering at a new animal shelter. Another part of my mission in life is I'm a huge animal welfare advocate And um, it's a pit bull only shelter. It's called Missouri Pitbull Rescue. And they specifically, you know, just take in pit bulls. And I am really getting to know the breed of pit bulls. And it's, they're so great. They're such great dogs. And I, the more time I spend with them, the more I'm just like, I'm obsessed with this breed. And, and they're, they're not a breed for everyone. Like I'm not telling everyone to go out and, and rescue a pit bull. I, I know they're not for everyone, but they are so they have so many facets to them and they are so misunderstood yeah, that that makes me like even more obsessed with them. And 
And like I said, if you want a little like lap, you know, Yorkie or whatever, like, yeah, don't go get a pit bull. But for the people who, who think it's a fit for them, they are just such great dogs. And, and I grew up not knowing a lot about them and I have two dogs, but they're not pit bulls or anything. But the more I've gotten to know this breed through like the volunteer work I'm doing, the more I'm just like, oh my gosh, they are, they could be such great companions if they are given the love and the boundaries and the respect that they deserve and need to thrive. And so that is my obsession. I'm going to volunteer on Friday and Saturday again. And I'm like so excited. I, every time I go, I'm just like so pumped. (laughs) That is really sweet. I, I do think that pit bulls are the most misunderstood dog. Do what kind of dogs do you have? I have two Chinese Sharpays. Oh, I know those wrinkly, they're the really wrinkly dogs. I know exactly what they are. One of my neighbors growing up had one. Yeah, they're great dogs. My, the one I got from a breeder like 10 years ago, which I I don't believe in buying from a breeder anymore. And then our second one we rescued, she's blind and, um, yeah. And she's has a horrible backstory, but she is the best dog ever. Oh, that's so sweet. I love those little wrinkle faces. I know. Okay. My next question is what is something that you're excited for in 2022? I am excited for summer. Once again, I feel like summer 2021 flew by because we didn't really get a summer 2020. So we had to make up for it. And we threw a lot of stuff in summer 2021, Mm. you know, with restaurants being open and like concerts happening and all these other things like summer 2021 was like, literally went by in a flash. And I'm really excited for summer 2022 to like, go back to the chill. I mean, fingers crossed. You just never know with, with how things are going with Omicron or, or what, or Marion, whatever people are calling it these days, <laughs> but I'm excited for summer and I hope it gets back to some type of, of normalcy. I'm also really excited for the formula one season to kick up again. I binged formula one drive to survive on Netflix a couple months ago, and I'm obsessed with formula one now. That is so random and awesome. I know. I love that. What, um, what is something that you really love about yourself? I love and sometimes hate, but empathy is my superpower. I have been saying and telling myself, and sometimes I hate it because I literally feel people's emotions. Like I empath through them and it can be painful for me and just awkward and, and, and hard. Um, but I love that I can empathize so well with people. And that's why I love like the podcast and why I love storytelling and being a journalist is because I have never left an interview or a sit down with someone, whether it was recorded, you know, for TV or not. Like I've never left a sit down hearing someone's story and like disliking them more or, or being more mad at them. Like I've always left that interview being like, I, I understand better. Like I understand you better. I see in you a little different. And that's why I'm so passionate about communication and connection, because that's really what, what makes us all like have a little space for one another is when we can empathize with them. In fact, this is like kind of a funny side story or tangent, but I was in LA this past weekend for some work and we went to a Kings game one night and who was sitting below us three rows down was Colton Underwood. Wow. The former bachelor. And I have been vocal on my podcast and before that I'm, I'm really not a huge Colton fan. Like I think he is, is really fame hungry, honestly. And the fact what he did to Cassie, I think is like totally not okay. And then the fact that like everyone just forgot about it because he came out as gay, which is like, that's great. I'm so happy for him. But like, lest we forget, like he has a victim, like she is a victim of the fact that he like stalked her and like was, you know what I mean? Like, so that, yeah there's a lot of problems I have with him and I've been vocal about that. I haven't like called him names or anything like that, but I've just basically what I've said to you, I've just been vocal that I'm just not a huge fan of him and being at the Kings game and seeing him down there. And he was down there with some friends and like, I didn't talk to him. I didn't do anything. I didn't hear his voice. Like, but just seeing him in person, like I automatically had more empathy for him and I didn't even talk to him, but like just seeing him and seeing him in front of me, I like, I felt like slightly bad for the fact that I was like, yeah, I'm not a fan of him. And it's like, part of me sat there and I was like, but I don't know him on that level. Yeah. And I still don't know him on that level. And I still, but I still also like stand by the fact that I think he's done some things that I don't support. And I question, but just seeing him in the flesh in person 
I already empathized with him so much more. And I felt like, Oh my God, this is, he was a professional football player. He struggled with his sexuality. He went on this dating show and it didn't work out. And then he's been hiding the fact, not to mention he's been religious his whole life and was hiding the fact that he was gay. And like automatically it all came back to flooding to me and I could just like empath and feel so much more for him. And it, it really like left an impression on me. I mean, empathy really is a gift. It's, it, it can be a curse at times because you do yes. so much, but it is a gift because especially in the lane that you're in with the platforms that you have, I mean, I believe that if we all just kind of heard each other's stories, then we could all feel a little more one, like a little more connected with each other. That's why this part, my podcast is a thing. That's why I started my business is because like every, I, I work with women in fitness and I just believe that like every woman has, um, a similar story. If we get down to it of like finding their worth and things that don't matter. And so like, even though someone might be totally different from you, there is something that you can connect on always with anyone, even machine gun Kelly. Like if I sat down with him and talked to him, I'm sure that we could connect on something and it would make me understand him a little bit better. And we often don't give people the chance to be understood like those pit bulls, like we misunderstand them. And then we stay in that lane and we just kind of shun them from, our lanes and we could all really kind of just get on the same highway if we just heard each other's story a little bit. So I love that about you. I'm going to cry. That was so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, okay. My final question is if you could leave my listeners with kind of just one little nugget of truth and it can be silly or it can be like serious, whatever it comes to your heart right now. Um, like just one little sentence or like piece of wisdom to land on today. And my listeners, I will say are like 99.99% women. So women, if you could leave women with one piece of truth, what would it be? Well, the first thing I would say is lean into what makes you unique, what makes you, you, and the things that pique your interest are, they're not a mistake and they're not, not worthy. Like they are worthy, you know, pop culture, the fact that I love pop culture, the fact that I love animals, like all of that stuff is not by mistake. I'm, I'm a Christian and and I believe that God built me a certain way because he needs me to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And he gave me certain interests because he wants me to follow through on them. That doesn't mean I need to be a a professional in all of them, but he wants me to explore them and experience them and share them with other people and, and things like that. So I, I believe in those things. Don't push away the things that are piquing your interest, you know, be playful with them and see where they take you and see where you land. But it, it doesn't all have to be serious. The other I, thing I would say is that I recently heard, I was talking about formula one before the like head honcho of the formula one Mercedes team. His name is Toto Wolf. And he is this big foreign like masculine man. And he just like commands every time I see him on screen, I'm just like that guy commands a space. And he did this like happy holidays type of thing on Instagram. And he said something, it was really short, but he said something that has stuck with me. He said, happy holidays. This is how it feels to be alive. And it like gave me chills and I wrote it on a piece of paper and I hung it above my desk. And I go back to that. Like when I am sad or feeling depressed or struggling or whatever, like this is how it feels to be alive. The emotions that you are having, that you are going through, like that is living. Like we do not come to the human world to not feel anything. We do not come to not go through the ups and downs of it all. This is how it feels to be alive. And I tell myself that on my yoga mat too, when I go to class, like I set my intention. And then at the end, when we're in the Shavasana, just laying there, I just repeat myself to that. Like that to me, like whether I'm really, really high in emotion, something great just happened or really, really low. I just like take it in stride. Like this is how it feels to be alive. That is so beautiful. That really spoke to me. Now I'm going to cry. That really spoke to me, but really spoke to me. And what you said, uh, uh, I'm a Christian too. And what you said about like what makes you uniquely you, like that's not an accident. I totally agree. I used to really struggle with, um, like even in the church, I would compare myself to like these like meek, like gentle spirited Christian women who like just have like way different convictions than I do. And I remember thinking like, 
man, I wish I could be like that. And then I was a counselor one summer at camp and I found that there's always four counselors in the cabin. And I found that like the girls in our cabin who like needed someone to kind of like disengage and like let loose with, like I was that person for them. And I used to like hate that about myself, but I'm like, wow, I like, this is my gift. So why don't I just stay in this lane? If this is like what God has made me to be like, like, why don't I be the person that like brings laughter or like makes a moment lighthearted or talks about pop culture. If that's something that interests me. And I I just feel like we can use our personalities in such beautiful ways. If we just, if we just appreciate them and realize that like, they're not on accident, it's not an accident that we are the way that we are. So how can we like use that for good? You know, 100% you, he made you the way you are like for a reason you need to reach people and the, the people that you coach too, with your fitness and stuff like that, like they need your type of coaching, the way you are, what you say, how you deliver it. Like I know the methods, you know, to losing weight or getting tone, like, I mean, it's very simple. It's all the same, but it's who delivers it and who like gives it to you that makes the difference and makes the coaching worth it. Right. And like, if, if we just bring it back to like Christianity, like if we, the Bible says we're made in his image, which it's that actually like gives me like a little pep in my step because I'm like, that means God is silly. You know, like that means he's funny. And like, you know, like this, this creator of the universe that so often we kind of like put on this like pedestal, like I'm scared. Like he's actually just kind of like us. Like he has a personality. He's goofy. He's funny. If we're creating his image, then he has those personality traits as well. And that's, that kind of makes me feel better about like, who's like creating us, you know, I'm like, Oh, cool. I love that. You know? Um, well, I, I could talk to you all day. I, um, have loved this conversation. I feel like we could do a freaking pop culture podcast every week, but let's off do it. All the content that's coming out, but this has been really fun for me. I absolutely love talking about silly stuff and serious stuff. And we covered the gamut. So I would love for our listeners to be able to hear more from you. So what is the best place for them? Where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah. So you can find me in daily life. I tell people most of my daily life, I put like on Instagram stories. So Instagram, I'm at Carrie.Gillespie, G-I-L-L-A-S-P-I-E. That's where you can find me. And then my podcast, which is Candid with Carrie. And it's once a week and I do like trending topics. So I do, well, I do what I'm watching. So basically what you asked me, what I'm binging, but I'm also a big book reader. So what I'm reading, what I'm watching, any funny stories I have to share from the week. And then I also do trending topics where I talk about like the top, you know, five or so trending topics from the past week in the pop culture world. And I give like some commentary on it. In the second half of the episode, I interview a woman in media who is inspiring to me and, and share her story. Uh, I've had a lot of my host friends on, but I've also had like um, writers. So I just had the deputy editor for Bustle on, Samantha Rollins. She was just on. So she's a, a writer and an editor in, in the media space. And, and just women in media in all forms is what I'm kind of trying to do because there's a lot of ways to be in this industry. And as I kind of said before, like we are stronger when we are together and we are building something better when we are all united together. So that's where you can find me. I love that. I love your mission. I love what you're doing. Stick with it. You're so good at it. And I'm going to link, um, your Instagram, especially, and then your website too, because I feel like it might connect to, um, other things in the show notes listeners. So if you want to follow Carrie, just click on those. And I really hope that we can connect again. This is really fun. I would love to. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast and listeners. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Whoa.